faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. People believe tall buildings at a single bound. The instant of ship town is now the man of steel. Superman! Welcome to the 74th episode of Superman Forever Radio. I am your mild-mannered host, J. David Weeder, and boy, are you in for an awesome episode. This is the first of a two-part series which showcases my trip to the Metropolis Superman celebration with Charlie Niemeyer, and the second part will be in next week's special episode of Superman in the Bronze Age. On tap, uh, Charlie and I start off by talking about our first day at the celebration, which was Friday, June 7th. And then uh, after that, the episode we recorded live at the celebration at the first annual Super Minicon. So it's a doozy of an episode, and for the sake of time, I'm going to jump right in. After our first long day at the celebration, Charlie and I gathered back at the hotel and recorded our thoughts. So this is what you're about to hear next. June 7th, 2013, Superman Celebration, day day one for us, day two for the rest of the world. We or, didn't... you know, the guys that showed up. Well, we showed up. Yeah, but a lot of them showed up yesterday. Some of them were showing up at Tuesday. The celebration officially began yesterday, yes. June 6th, with opening ceremonies. Mr. Billy Hogan showed up Tuesday night. He was darn tootin' ready to be here. Yes. So, we began our day f- relatively early. We got to Metropolis about, what, 10? It was a little before 10 a.m. We I was up much earlier because I had basically deadheaded the drive all the way here. Yep, and my wife called me at 7 o'clock in the morning on her way to work. Ergo, I was up at 7 o'clock in the morning. They're doing great things with turning your phone on silent. She misses me. Doesn't mean she can't leave a voicemail and tell us. Anyway. Silence! I had gone to bed at like... Silence! 11 the night before. Did you actually go to sleep then? Sure. I'm doing pretty good. Well, this is my fifth soda of the day. Um, as in... So, first thing... <laughs> First thing is we went to Hardee's. In Metropolis. In Metropolis. It was Metropolis Hardee's, in which they greeted us. And I wish I'd recorded this. Well, the manager would say, welcome to Hardee's. And the whole crew, and they eventually got this down to like a science. The whole crew would say, every, every day, day is, is a super day. day. No, where every day is a super day. I said where. I didn't. But I did. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> You don't have to correct me, sir. I got no. it right. And then we got a 10% discount by having them take our picture. Doing some kind of a Superman... Thing. I'm glad you clarified that. Usually I did like the Heisman. I didn't get my picture. J. David Weeder walked like an Egyptian. I didn't walk like an Egyptian. I put my hands on my hips. That's when it. You dip, we ribs. dip, we dip. <laughs> and then looked off heroically. It doesn't really convey that in the picture, but that's what I was trying to do. You were reading the breakfast menu sign. I was looking the other way. <laughs> I was looking at the security camera and said the little globe. Well, why Hardee's is relevant isn't just because we ate breakfast there, which we did, and it was all right. It was good, too. It was pretty good. But that was was where the... (laughs) You can have it your way. (laughs) But that was where the uh, Superman homepage meet and greet was. Oh, that was cool. We got to meet a lot of people in Superman outfits. Uh, First off, we met Billy Hogan, which we spotted as he was coming in because Charlie looked at the Florida plates... On his and truck. said, I bet that's Billy. He spotted me on the way. I don't know if you heard if you heard him t- say this. But he was like, that looks a lot like Charlie when he was walking in. So he was looking straight at me. So, And I thought he was looking at the church behind me through the window. 
immediately after that, uh, well, not immediately, we started seeing people show up for the meet and greet, and then Steve Eunice himself set foot in, in, in Metropolis, in the United States to begin with. For those that don't know, Steve Eunice is the, I don't know if you Owner, I guess. Owner, Owner webmaster, operator, webmaster. Grand poobah, all-round good guy. Of the Superman homepage. The number one Superman website in the world. Undisputed. Exactly. And so we got to meet Steve. The meet and greet was fun. We both won some swag. Darn tootin'. We won some big, giant bags. Big, yeah, from San Diego from 2009. Because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And then... what? We won DVDs. Yes, I got... <clears throat> I got the, the I got a double D, D, I got a double, double DVD double D. with um yes I like where this is headed <laughs> I got the double DVD with was it Public Brainiac. Enemies and oh you got yeah double yes. uh, that was a different one I got Public Enemies, Public enemies and enemies Superman and Batman Apocalypse that's right on DVD the animated movies and then I've got I got the DVD with several animated series episodes featuring Metallo all of them are solid episodes so I I can't complain too much. And then after that, we finished our breakfast. We got a few, a little more chatting, and we talked to Billy a little more, and we got pictures with Steve because I mean, the guy Steve Eunice, he's in the United States like once in, every five years. Yeah, he lives in Sydney, Australia. How often is are we going to have a chance to meet him? So then we went like across the parking lot. Well, actually, we moved the car because we were parked at Hardy's, and we, we thought we'd be stay polite. Park, we couldn't stay at Hardy's all day. So then we went kind of across the street to the. What was that place? I know it has Dippin' Dots on the side. but It's Pizza and Dippin' Dots now. It, it was actually because Dippin' Dots were originated in Metropolis. Really? Yes. The owner's from Metropolis. The originator. Oh, okay. The originator originated from Metropolis. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so we went in there, and that's where they had the Superman Super Sight meet and greet. And that's run by what? Neil, Neil and Jennifer Cole. That makes... Okay, I did not know that. Anyway, so we went in there, and we met some more people, including... What was his name? Kenny Richardson. Kenny Richardson. And Doug, well, we met Douglas oh, Beecham. we met Douglas <clears throat> Beecham at the Superman homepage one. It the Hardys. It was weird. But we all, everyone, literally, just about everybody that was there for the Superman homepage meet and greet, almost all went over and crammed into this other restaurant. And after having a big breakfast over at Hardy's, we all had lunch over at the Dippin' Dots pizza place. And again, I won swag. Did you win anything? I didn't win anything this oh, time. Oh, that's a shame. I got the DVD collection of three solid episodes, I think, three solid episodes of the Superman animated series featuring Brainiac. 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 So you have stolen memories. Nighttime, which is the one with, where he pretends to be Batman. And New Kids on the Block, where Legion. the Legion of Superheroes. You know I can't get mad at the Legion either. No. And uh, after that, we just kind of... Walked around for a while, really. Got a ton of pictures of you that I am looking at here that I've posted on, on my Facebook page. And Dave was camera shy, so and this was my first <clears> Superman <throat> celebration, so well, there is a lot. I got a picture, picture of me and Henry night. Cavill, um, which is a cutout. Uh, so Charlie with his head on the on the Superman body. Yeah, it looks like that. Charlie in a phone booth. The phone booth. The phone. Well, I saw other phone booths. There were other phone booths to be right, seen. Well, yeah, well, yeah. uh, There's Harley Quinn. Dead man was was photo bombing. Charlie with the Lois Lane statue, which is right by the SupermanForever.com brick. This is the Noel Neal Lois Lane statue. Touche, sir. And uh, Dave, apparently, you donated money for that. Yeah, you you donated money and you got a brick with your name 
And it's, it says J. David Weeder, www.supermanforever.com. It is right at the base of the in statue. It's a prime spot. I mean, if you're going to go up to read the little plaque that's there, you cannot not see the sign. I'm, I'm between break. George Reeves, um, official Superman Josh Boltinghouse, and then some names I don't recognize. Some so people we don't know. So I am I one of my favorite positions. Also, we we saw a couple uh, Pepsi soda machines that were uh, that yep. have the big Superman symbol. Yep. You don't see those in most places, so that was cool. Then we went back to the Superman statue. We just missed the swearing in of all the honorary citizens of Metropolis. And I was hoping we we could. I, I thought they only did that one day. I'm going to need to get you in on that. Yeah, we well, hopefully we can do that tomorrow. Yeah, but that might be while we're doing the live show. Well, that'd be awkward. Yeah. Well, they probably wouldn't like it if I just walked up, got up, and left. <laughs> you wouldn't like it either, probably. Uh, Did you ever see Wayne's World when Wayne left? <laughs> and then we, w- so I went to the Superman statue, I got my picture, and then Superman showed up. The Metropolis Superman, Josh and I got my picture with Josh Boltinghouse. After that, it was lunchtime. It was lunchtime, and we went to a place, China Buffet. China Buffet. It actually had some pretty good food. It's, it's become a tradition. This, this is my third celebration, fourth trip to Metropolis. And every every trip I have gone to this place. And I've never seen anything like what I saw on the sign today. Pizza, Chinese foot, clearly spelled F-O-O-T. And salad. Chinese is spelled Chines, C-H-I-N-E-S. Apparently, the people at the Chinese food place don't know how to spell Chinese. No. <laughs> And then it was back uh, to take Charlie on his first trip through the Superman Museum. What was, what were some thoughts on the museum? Well, that place is pretty amazing. There was a lot of cool stuff. In some places, I wish they could take a little better care of it. There were, unfortunately, some light fixtures that were missing, like the lights. But for the most part... I thought they had some pretty cool stuff. They have the official, the actual, like, some of the typewriters and phones used on the set of The Adventures of Superman from the 50s. They have uh, Clark Kent's backpack from, backpack from Superman the movie. Yes, I hadn't gotten that far yet. Right. Um, you're, you're actually going through it in your head? Yeah, because the Superboy stuff was before we got to the movie stuff. I was just throwing out random yeah. things. I didn't know you had a method <laughs> oh, to I, the madness. I, that's how I have to do it, otherwise I'll forget. Uh, yes, uh, after that, the, if you go around the corner from there... There, oh, and there was the Clark Kent suit from the movie. There, oh, yes. speaking of which, when we were at Hardee's, there was a guy fully dressed in a costume to look like the George Reeves Superman from the Adventures of Superman TV series. And if he got your attention long enough, he would walk up, move his tie, and open up his shirt to reveal the Superman symbol underneath that looked like an authentic George Reeves Superman suit S. Yes. I don't know if he had the whole thing, but he at least had the shirt, or at least the chest part of it. Anyway, back to the story of the museum. <laughs> we saw official costumes from the Superboy TV series. Got an argument about, an argument about whose costume was whose. They, yeah, it was hard to tell in some of them. Um, what else? Oh, um, a bunch of signed pictures from all the actors that were in Superboy. Mm-hmm. A lot of signed pictures. Uh, then, of course, there's a bunch of Superman games and clocks and toys and puzzles and board games, I believe, right? Oh, yeah. Board, and, oh, anything you can imagine. And some of the toys that actually were set up pretty cool, but used things like the Hoft playset from Star Wars and, what was it, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles set? 
or something you saw. Yeah, he. I mean, he uses them for display. Yeah, I mean, it's Sectors, cool. It's not like it's TMNT, it's, it's not like you have Superman interacting with the turtles. It's just they use the set to have something to display the toys in. It, it was kind of cool. And then you go around the corner again, and there, of course, you see the Superman the movie stuff. They've got the crystals and the crystal bases that they you slid them that they the actors slid the crystals into. You had screen used costumes, the wigs that Christopher Reeve wore. Mm-hmm. I need because and life masks for for Bar- Marlon Brando oh, and George Reeves. Yeah, that which, wasn't freaky at all. Yeah, <laughs> um, because yes, despite the fact that. Christopher Reeves did have a full head of hair. They did have to do some wig stuff to make sure he had the proper spit curl type of thing. Even though the spit curl didn't show up too often once you got past Superman 1. No. Anyway, um, after that, that's when we got into back into really the comic stuff. And they got into the death of Superman and Superman's energy period. Which sounds dirty the way I just said it. That's why everybody says Electric Superman. I call it his blue period. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. And then, um, then what happened? Oh, then we got into the Supergirl room. Yes. And there that's was kind of su- where I threw a fit. But... There was a Supergirl Barbie where somehow it was displayed. I don't know how because the case is closed, but they really needed to pull she the shirt kinda, down. Yeah, some. It, was, it was about to pop out the bottom, but then you have yeah. Chloe's shirt, Chloe Sullivan's shirt that was about to pop off the top. So, And they put her on a mannequin, but, but you know, forgot to put pants on it. So basically it's literally just Chloe's shirt. It was weird. Dave wanted me to take a picture, and I unfortunately I did not. Him. I did not. You. I have I, a camera of my own. I took a picture of my own. I, I just didn't post it. Audio. I, I, I'm kidding. I don't have audio. But he, anyway, <laughs> uh, then they, they had the Lois and Clark room, which also had some Smallville stuff, but mostly was Lois and Clark, including the costume or a facsimile of what Dean Cain wore. Mm-hmm. And a Lexcom phone. Uh, yeah. Um, Lois Lane's Ultra Woman costume. Yes, and several of the dresses she wore in the show, and several of Clark's suits, and a bunch of articles about the show. And then we got out of there, and it went back to some George Reeves stuff before we left. That's one of my favorite parts as we yeah. go out the end. That That is where the George Reeves fa- uh, face mask thing is, and the it's kind of it's life really mask. freaky. Yeah, it's his life mask from his face, but the freaky thing is he's got his eyes closed, and yeah, it's kind of... I swear, it was a little bit cooler in that section of the museum. It was closer to the air conditioning. Um, yeah, but that doesn't help that it was cooler as we got close to the dead guy's face. Yeah, what? Are you... No. <laughs> what can keep going? What is this, Freaky Links? Are you going to be Ethan Embry now? Are we going to start... Exactly. Goosebumps. R.L. Stein up on the hizzy. <laughs> That's right, I waited until you took a drink to <laughs> that one. <laughs> oh, Pepsi in the nose. Uh, that's what you get for saying I wanted you to take a picture of Chloe's shirt. Not the shirt, the rest of the mannequin. Um. <laughs> anyway, and then they had some uh, cool, like, uh, actual original art from some of the comics. Or prints of the original art. And some of them were color guides. We saw some color guides for classic covers featuring artwork by, like, Gil Kane and Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Praise be his name. And... Who else? Kurt Swan? Kurt Swan. There was some Murphy Anderson. Kurt Swan. Giordano was the one that surprised Giordano, me. Uh, Ross Andrew. Yeah. Uh, Dick Giordano. Yes, that stuff was there. That was cool. So, yeah, we did that. That was a really cool museum. It was only $5 a person. That wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was well worth the $5 a person. Oh, it's easily worth $5. All right. So next up was Artist Alley. And it took us a while to find this place. 
Yeah, about 30 minutes. They moved it from when I was here previously in 2011. Oh. And there's some incidentals charged to my credit card. Excellent. Hey, it's your room. Um, <laughs> Art is something I usually look forward to at the Superman celebration. Um, I've got, I usually try to get some sketches if I can afford them. This year's roster was really excellent. We had, uh, going in the order from the website, not in the order we, we met them, Ron Friends. He was cool. He was cool. He gave us a, he was drawing a Superman drawing when we went up there. I assume a commission. It was, it was a commission, he told me. And it was gorgeous. It was awesome. Classic costume Superman. Yes. I'd say it was even better than whenever he was actually on the books. Yeah. He's, he's got a refinement to his style, but, I mean, that's what artists do. They evolve over time. Oh, yeah. It's been like, it's been more than 10 years since he was on the books. Oh, easily. Um, yeah, because he, he left right at the 60th anniversary. So it's been about 15 years. Yeah, right before the Loeb McGinnis area. Um, then yeah, right he, after, he kind of explained something to us because he was wearing a watch with the electric, I know it's incorrect, Charlie, but the electric blue Superman His blue symbol. period His symbol. blue period Superman. Because he always wears blue, so that's misleading. No, but, he, uh, he was blue. He looked like an electric Smurf. Energy or electric Superman, the E-Superman. There you go. Um, and we actually found out something interesting, that the reason that he, they went with his design for that... Well, his theory. Well, his theory, that they went, the reason that DC went with that design was because he was one of the only ones to change the symbol, to tweak it slightly, which gave them all, kind of mar- all kinds of marketing paths uh we saw brett breeding who was kind of having a frustrating time doing a sketch yeah he was drawing the version the picture of superman opening up his chest opening up his chest it was an operation yeah, yeah. you had to take out it the wrench and the yeah and no he was opening up his shirt to reveal the superman symbol with underneath uh basically lifted from the cover to superman forever by alex ross I'm except, familiar with it. Yes. Uh, so I've heard. Except he was doing a full body picture instead of just from like the waist up like Alex Ross did. And he was having problems getting situated right because, you know, he's got his own art studio in his wherever. Mm-hmm. So he's got his drawing table set in a certain way. He's got the lighting set in a certain way. He's got the proper pencils or whatever. And he was just having trouble getting situated because he was trying to figure out how to get the his drawing book in the correct position for him to be comfortable drawing something and he had you know the whatever lighting was available in the room which was a nice room actually ac worked that's all that was important not that it was really hot it was like it was in the high 70s today but there was 91 percent humidity so it's a little you can feel it yeah you can feel it now (laughs) oh yeah and each, each of those two artists had several issues of Superman comics sitting on the table in front of them. Although Brett, out of all the stuff he's done, and he's been with the comics basically from when Byrne left to when, to right after he returned from the dead. Yeah. And he came back a little bit after that, but still. Um, out of all the stuff he did, he had the, he, all he had was a couple issues that featured Shadow Dragon, which was weird. Yeah, and I realized I didn't remember Shadow Dragon, so... <laughs> yeah, that was weird, too. I had to I had to explain. I'm the Bronze Age guy. I don't know this stuff. Well, like I said... I'm you know, kidding. He was, I know he, this stuff. He was a Batman ninja guy, which the, the 90s were full of them. Image was full of them. Image was predicated on, ni- on Batman ninja guys. That's a good point. 
But anyway, and then next up, we met Chris Sprouse. Uh, he's known for such things like uh, Legion of Super... Or, I'm sorry, not... No, yeah. Well, no, he was on Legionnaires, wasn't he? Yes, uh, Legionnaires, before, which was a beautiful looking Before book. Zero Hour, read everything. And then he also um, helped kick off the Tom Strong series, which was written by Alan Moore, over mm-hmm. with ABC Comics, which was part of Wildstorm, I think. And he's got an upcoming Rocketeer short. Um, so I'm kind of psyched about that. Yeah, he's going to be doing a Rocketeer. Yeah, and he's he's still working on Tom Strong. He just did one uh, that I can't think of the name of right now. But he's got another Tom Strong one that's supposed to be coming out in July. And then, of course, he's also done some Batman stuff, some Justice League stuff, some X-Men, some Spider-Man. Um, apparently he adapted Splinter of the Mind's Eye Star Wars novel. But he also, more recently, as far as... Um, Oh, look at this stuff right here. Uh, as, uh, more recently, he did a lot of, of several of the backup stories in the action comics. Stories written by Sholly Fish during the Grant Morrison run on the book. Yes. And they were beautiful. Um, Art Balthazar, Balthazar. Oh, I've been saying his name wrong the whole time. I have too. Art Balthazar was there. He was doing dollar sketches. You'll never... He, he seemed just genuinely happy to be doing... Art, which is his name, which is cool. Yeah, uh, he did for me for for three dollars because it's a dollar per character. He did the entire Marvel family. Um, he, you would know him from Superman Family Adventures. That's probably the as far as our audience. That's probably yeah. the best place. But also, Tiny Titans, um, Green Lantern the animated, Green Lantern the animated. He has he has this varying style that's kind of amazing. He also. Um, Co-wrote Billy Batson and the Magic of Shazam. Shazam or Shazam, Shazam, Shazam. That was anyway. He, he yeah, he did all that. So he drew Dave the Marvel Family, full color, which he used crayon and it came out awesome in his own little style. And then thanks to Dave, thanks again. Um, he also drew for me Superman in his classic costume. Not that I have anything against New Fifty Two Superman's costume. Yes, but I. Just wanted to, <laughs> I just like the classic, especially since we're in Metropolis, and just about every image you have of Superman here has been the classic costume, between the people in the co- in wearing costumes and also you know the giant Superman statue. There's been very, next to no, I can't think of any actual New Fifty Two style Superman. Well, Danny Kelly has one. He might wear that tomorrow. Maybe. He wasn't. Either one of them was in costume this time. Not, not yet. I wonder if they'll. Yeah, they may not even dress up. Anyway. Uh, but he also um, drew for me a Superman in his classic costume and a Crypto, because I have a dog that looks like Crypto, minus the, you know, cape. So that was really cool. All right, next up, um, according to the list, is an artist named Jim Hall, who we did not meet. Skip! <laughs> well, basically, he, he's apparently um, done some works on the Avengers, Silver Surfer, the Legion of Superheroes, Johnny Quest, Aliens vs. Predator, and Star Wars. Huh. I don't recognize the name, though. Mm-mm. Although I have to say, I haven't read much of those comics, so I'm no expert. And they misspelled Johnny Quest. Awkward. Yeah. Anyway, next up was Dan Gorman. Now, we did meet him. I actually got... He does sketch cards. And he was... I was trying to see what he had. He had he got three Hulk sketch cards, six sketch cards, 
a flash and a couple of things for my wife that I don't want to talk about. Not because they're dirty, but because <laughs> they involve that, what's that word? Twilight. Um, oh. <laughs> sorry. Sparkle. They sparkle. Um, Justin Castaneda was one of the first sketches I got, because we're kind of going out of order. But Justin, the first? The Wendy? first sketch. Um, I will normally, if I'm getting sketches, I will go with a theme for the sh- for whatever show I'm at. And I was kind of on the edge, do I want some Captain Marvel sketches, or do I want some crypto sketches? Because I've had Lois Lane themes. I went with Captain Marvel. He drew me on cardboard, which is a great effect. Uh, think of it as the Last Sun covers. He drew me a gorgeous, gorgeous Captain Marvel, and, and he had smaller sketches that were bagged for, for uh, in a package, and they would be themed. Half of our fun is while he was doing the sketches, not only was I intrigued, I, I always liked watching these, but we were, Charlie and I were almost ended up playing a game trying to guess what the theme was. So you'd pull up the Hulk. Well, is it, what's behind it? What are the other three? Avengers? Is it Betty Ross? In this case, it was Green Hulk, Grey Hulk, Red Hulk, and then Scar. The son of Hulk. Son of Hulk. That was a lot of fun. He had a lot of sets. And yes, he did. It took it. We, and by we actually went through all the sets before, or before he actually finished the art. He had a Women of Spider-Man sketch, which was excellent because you had Mary oh, Jane, Gwen, yeah. a wonderful Gwen Stacy, um, Aunt May, and uh, Black Cat, which yep. was one of my favorite. You called that one. Though. I totally yeah. It was once perfect. we once you found out what all the others were. Yeah, cheater. Um, next up, just kind of following up on oh, that. Oh, and before you do that, I do want to point out all the art will be up on the. Our respective sites. Whatever you're listening to this on, yeah. Next up was... Next up after that sketch... A guy with a good first name. I like his first name. Charles Ettinger. Charles. Well, the Charles isn't there, but I'll call him... I wonder if he'd let me call him Charlie tomorrow. I probably would not if I were I wouldn't, no. I'll just call him Mr. Ettinger. Or Sir. Anyway, he does some... um, He does a parody webcomic called The Town of Skyward... Uh, which we we didn't have a chance to check out, but yeah, yeah no. Um, he does this some other artwork that basically he takes his the two big prints he had there were I guess they were all the Looney Tunes, right? Both of them. <laughs> no, no, Looney Tunes I hadn't even heard of. He's okay. Basically, he's he really likes the whole idea of the lantern cores, mm-hmm. all the multiple colors. He's got one. He had one print. Where basically he had all the, a bunch of the Batman villains, you know, your Scarecrow, Joker, Two Face, Catwoman, etc., 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 as different members of the different cores. That looked cool. Yes. But then in his more cartoony style, he took all of the uh, Looney Tunes characters and created what he called Blackest Night. D W A C K. Yes. yes. Blackest, like Elmer Fudd would say, Blackest Night. Uh, <laughs> blackest night and oh that was so cool first of all they all look like they're really on model yeah but everyone has got a different lantern core color and he actually put thought into these Bugs Bunny would be the, a green lantern mm-hmm. um, Pepe Le Pew was hope which yeah, threw me was, off what was that blue blue he's the blue lantern because he's you know he's always, he's always hoping hopeful to... yeah um, let's see Oh, the abominable snowman was a was a Green Lantern because he thought that he was basically the Looney Tunes version of Mogul, the Mogul, Mogo, Mogo, 
Granny was a guardian. Granny was a guardian. That was so cool. <laughs> um, the um, Yosemite Sam was yellow because he's always trying to scare people by telling them that he's Yosemite Sam, the rootness, tootness, roughest, toughest, mean, hombre, north, south, east, and west of the Pecos. <laughs> My biscuits are burning. <laughs> and Elmer Fudd was a black lantern. So was Tweety. No, Tweety was a white lantern. Tweety was a white lantern. Literally, he was in his cage, but he was a white lantern. That was actually kind of cool. Elmer Fudd was a black lantern? He was the black lantern. Yeah, he was the one right in the center of the whole oh, thing. Oh, he was Necron. Cage. He was basically Necron. Oh, okay. Necron. Well, still. And then, um... Oh, who was... Foghorn Leghorn. Get this. Foghorn Leghorn was a green lantern. <laughs> But the little chicken hawk, was it Jefferson J. Chicken Hawk, I think is his name? Anyway, he was a yellow lantern. And Daffy was was an orange lantern. <laughs> because, you know, he's always wanting he's money. He's such a good fit. Tasmanian Devil was a red lantern. <laughs> which I thought was <laughs> That fit perfect. perfect. Uh, anyway, so that was that guy. He, he, was, he was really cool. We got his card. We're going to go back. Because if you make a small donation... To for his comic, his web comic, you get you get kind of this little free preview of it. I'm sorry, it's still of course. Um, who's next? Yeah, next up, we actually went to a table of another sketch card artist who specializes in potatoes, and not drawing on potatoes. He draws potatoes as a superhero. Spuds, spuds. Uh, Lonnie Easterling, and as I came up, he was he also does regular character work. As I walked up, he was just starting to draw a Captain Marvel card. And I'm like, well, I will wait and I will purchase that card, sir. And we kind of ju- uh, talked with him a little bit. Uh, he did a red tornado, which was funny because that was what originally drew me over to it, since I have a red tornado tattoo, which got some attention today, which I was some psyched about. Today? <laughs> yesterday, too. Yeah. Dave has had more pictures taken of his leg in the last two days. <laughs> Which is awesome out then, of context. Then I think Pamela Anderson. Well, no, no. She's not known for her legs. Who's someone known for their legs? J Lo. She's known for something My else. leg has been J Lo's butt for the last couple of years. There you days. go. It's been crazy. Everyone's like, oh look, you got a red tornado on your leg. Let me take a picture. You'd think he was in co- he was in a costume or something. It was crazy. I'm still waiting for some little kid to walk up and say, Can I get a picture with your leg? <laughs> that, oh, um, so after that, ironically, speaking on the Captain Marvel front, walked down the street just to kind of do one last pass, and a little girl was wearing a Mary Marvel costume. You can't buy Aww. those, so that had to be made. Yep. And without thinking, uh, kind of the context, I, I said to her, <laughs> can I take your picture? Now, luckily, I mean, it was, I mean, I, I was, of course, doing it completely innocently. I didn't have, I had no intent, ill intentions, but. And both of us knew that. But yeah, she she luckily got a friend, and I made sure that who adults were around at all times. But yes. and that wasn't freaky either. Hey, this guy wants to take our picture. But they're they're in a costume. They I have know. to know that but people want to take pictures of a of a adorable little girl in costume. I know, but I had to laugh. Yeah, was a girl I, no, I understand that because I didn't too. think about the I didn't think about the oddness of it until <laughs> you said something. So I couldn't help it. But after that, we uh, we headed to back to Paducah. And the traffic jam. There was a long traffic jam uh, on the highway. We got stuck on the bridge. Oh, we actually went to the... I forgot. We went to the um, the state park. 
Fort Massac? Fort, Fort Massac. Um, I had never been to the state park before, and we just kind of stood on the shores for a little bit. I had a zen moment. We saw a dead fish. There was a dead fish. Aquaman was crying. We, it's high tide. We found a light pole. There was a light pole yes. standing in the water. That was pretty cool. Dave pointed that out because... You know that like lakes usually don't have high and low tides. They just... Well, they do in the, the over... The ocean has a high tide. Lakes have tides. Do they? Yeah. On the regular <laughs> yes. schedule? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all scheduled by the moon. But yeah. They have tides. Okay. Anyway. And then we got back on the highway and decided to go hunt down a Harley Davidson shop in, in Paducah. For my father-in-law, he collects poker chips from any Harley shop. And it's true. He'd never been to Paducah, Kentucky. So I went to go get... Where we tried to do that, but by the time we got there, they were closed. However, we got to explore Paducah. And, wait a minute, this is the best part. Even though the Harley shop was closed, the door was wide open. I walked right in. <laughs> we, yeah. <laughs> Dave walked in, it was like, wait a minute. So, <laughs> while well, he checked the hours on the door, I was looking around. I didn't see the poker chips anyway, but all the registers were shut down. And according to the hours on the window, they opened at, what, 10 and closed at blank o'clock. On Monday through Friday. Yeah. So. so we don't know when they closed, actually. But they didn't seem to be open, so we walked out again. And uh, then we got to explore Paducah. And a lot of Paducah is kind of scary. Yeah, there's a lot of tattoo shops. And I'm no stranger Every, to tattoos, but this I is a lot of swear, tattoo shops. Every other corner. If they had that many comic shops in a town, you'd probably go nuts. Yeah. Oh. Well, you probably went nuts with the tattoo shops. Dave likes tattoos. But I have, even I have my limits. Oh, yeah. but you could, I bet you they're probably pretty cheap in this town with all the tattoo shops. Probably. That's a lot of business. Cheaper does not always mean better. <laughs> Basically, if, the, if any corner that didn't have a gas station had a tattoo shop. Or a closed restaurant. Yes, there's a lot of closed restaurants that look that look like they would have been cool, except you know they were closed. Anyway, so we finally got back to the hotel, except we didn't. We drove right past the hotel and went out to dinner, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was the end of day one. We went to Books a Million. Where Charlie, I got a sonic screwdriver got that a I can't something, use. Something, something. <laughs> it's Doctor Who sonic screwdriver, tenth Doctor. In case you. In case you're wondering. That would be David Tennant for those non-Hoovians. Yes. That would be the one with the sideburns. And um, unfortunately, in order to use it correctly and put the batteries in, you have to have this teeny tiny little screwdriver. I do not have a teeny tiny little screwdriver. Therefore, I cannot open up the thing to put the batteries in. Therefore, it is a silent sonic screwdriver. For the moment. Yeah, till I get home. And then that brings us to, well, we're recording this now. Full circle. Yeah, see how, how it works. And that brings us directly to the next day, with the live recording at the celebration, along with Charlie and special guest Billy Hogan of the Superman Fan Podcast, who kind of came to give us support and we dragged him into the show because, well, he's somebody I wanted to podcast with for a long, long time. So, I just want to remind you, since this was recorded live, there are a lot of distractions, a lot of ambient noise, so uh, it is an element unto itself. Welcome to Superman Forever Radio, episode 74. I'm not going to keep that voice up. 
recorded live in person at the 35th Annual Superman Celebration in Metropolis, Illinois. I'm your mild-mannered host, J. David Weeder. With me is my wingman, ladies' man, man's man, man about town, Charlie Niemeyer. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Ladies' man? Ladies' man. And man's man? Well... I'm just a dude. You're over the man. man. I'm just a dude. I'm just a dude, man. And with us, actually, we've dragged him in, is Mr. Billy Hogan of Superman Fan Podcast. Hi, everybody. Billy did not expect to be on the mic today, so... (laughs) (laughs) Surprise! Actually, while we're here, how have you been in... What all have you done at this celebration? Uh, Well, let's see. Yesterday, went to the... uh, Q&A with the uh, featured artists, uh, Brett Brading, Ron Friends, uh, Chris Browse, Art Balthazar, and uh, another, there's another artist, his uh, name escapes me, but he's doing some Star Wars. Uh, uh, Jim. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That guy. Jim Hall? Yeah, Jim Hall. Yeah, Once I again, we don't have, name. it's been a theme that we don't have a, a, a guide when we need it. <laughs> well, I've got, I got it. There he is. <laughs> but I didn't know if I would be able to find it without fumbling for yeah. 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, Jim Hall. Jim's his name. Yeah, we walked right past him until yesterday. That we, when we went back to Artist Alley today, we got a good look at his art. That's some spectacular stuff. Yeah. And my uh, wife went to see um, to the autograph area for uh, Margot Kidder and um, Tracy Scroggins. Tracy Scroggins. Yeah. See, I'm scared of Margot Kidder, but I would I would go meet Tracy Scroggins if not for the line. Yeah, and. Uh, she said, yeah, Tracy was very personable. They had a nice little conversation. Uh, this morning, I took my sister over to, um, where was it? So farther down where they have the comic strips on the window. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's where they had the uh, Smallville prom, Planet Krypton. Yeah. Yeah. And we watched all of the uh, Superman 1940 Superman uh, oh, cartoons. Oh, the Fleischers. Yes. Love oh, the Fleischers. I, mean, I didn't know about that. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Fleischers as I have a tattoo of a Fleischer-style Superman. <laughs> oh, cool. And it was like, they showed every one of them. It was like about oh. two and a half hours. How did we miss that? Yeah. <laughs> it was probably Because we the didn't have the guy. We yeah. didn't have the guy. We were like, oh, what's yeah. going on today? I should have uh, texted you guys yeah. yesterday. <laughs> we weren't up yet. Oh, that's why. I oh. was. I don't know about you. Well, I was. Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> I got up about 7.30 in the morning just to make sure I'd get there. Oh, that's some. That's, that's commitment. I hope you have some time off when you get home from your vacation. <laughs> yeah. To recover. I usually will pack an extra day onto my vacation time if I'm requesting it just to recover. Let's get back into shape. Oh, Hawkman's here. You, you can't see this because it's audio, but Hawkman <laughs> just took some paper. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hawkman is actually belonging to a, a, a group called Costumers for Christ, who are actually out front of the Super Minicon giving away free water. Yes, it's pretty cool. Earlier we had um, the Super Family. We had a Ultra Woman. Is Ultra Woman? Yeah. The, the Lois Lane. In, no, in, Super Lois. Super I guess. Lois costume from All Star Superman. Ultra Woman, yeah. Yeah, inclu- and then of course a Superman, and then a Super Boy and a Super Girl in full. Official, professional-looking costumes. They were, it was gorgeous. But yeah. They're all hanging out out there. And I got a picture with a crypto. There was a crypto yeah. this morning. Yeah. You've um, never heard a man turn into an eight-year-old as fast as I did. <laughs> it was. He squeaked. Yeah. He was like, oh, crypto! Oh, crypto. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw him. I had to take a picture of my sister um, over by the uh, Metro tent right, right after the... Um, 
panel with Michael Rosenbaum. This is which we completely missed. We've been, our fingers could not be further from the pulse of what's going on. <laughs> Usually what we've been doing is we've been finding ourselves at the complete opposite end of the street from where all the big stuff's happening. Although we have seen the bike show like three times now. Yes, this is the first celebration where I've missed Superman Jeopardy. Which is fine because I still have Superman Jeopardy stuff on my shelves, but it's a principle. I, I don't. Wow, I just feel like I got guilt tripped. <laughs> You know what the best thing about recording live is people walking by looking scared. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually interesting because they're like, "What is? What are they? Why are they just talking?" They're just talking. Yeah, podcasting is not an exciting thing. <laughs> no, no. I was hoping for an audience. We got Billy, and that's about it. Not that you're not an audience. Yeah. <laughs> we pulled him in, so he's part of the show. <laughs> he got now. dragged. He just came to say hi. And now. <laughs> in fact, it looks like the Super Family's back out front again. Blue Beetles there too. But these guys weren't allowed to. Uh, well. I shouldn't say that. Never mind. <laughs> not, not on air. What else we got in here? We got, um, we're as part of the Super Minicon. Is that, wait, First Super Minicon. The first ever, and, and hopefully annual, annual Super Minicon. Everywhere you look is Superman stuff for sale. And it's, it's not at all freaky. But we've got, this is sponsored by supercollectibles.com. Yes. I guess your one-stop shop for... Superman collectibles? Anything you want Superman related, you can generally find on there. If they, they don't have, have it, they probably didn't make it. They have action figures from Superman Returns. Uh, right now, if you're from, still looking for that Jor-El, I'm looking at two hanging on the, on the wall. There are two Jor-Els from the Man of Steel movie coming out next Friday, June... I'll be seeing it on Thursday. Of course, Lee Busby, my co-host 14. on Pad Smash, has already seen it. I'm not bitter. So have several others, though. I know. But I am bitter. Jeffrey Taylor. Anyway, uh, you can see, let's see, we've got toys from the Superman Man of Steel toy line from the mid-90s. Superman had longer hair. Superman the Animated Series, the JLA toy line. Did the whole episode on that. Yeah. The, uh, I already said Superman Returns, right? DC Comics, uh, those DC Unlimited toys. Unlimited! There's even, well, I don't see it. Was this where the superpowers toys were? No, that was over across okay. the street. There's some there's superpowers toys in the green Yeah, there's some DC Comics superhero. There's a Lex Luthor in a purple suit. Speaking of Lex Luthor, there was a Lex Luthor that walked through here. Yeah, and he had Have a mercy with Lex Luthor and Mercy? Uh, no, I haven't. I did see yesterday the Lex Luthor in the battle suit. Yes. I think we did his uncomplete version. It was complete. He didn't have the... Oh, that one. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of that mid-70s with the high collar. No, not that one. <laughs> yes. Superman in the battle... Or Superman. Lex Luthor in the battle suit. We saw that. Today we had businessman Lex Luthor. Ah. Carrying, with Mercy. With his leather The thing gloves. is, I almost completely missed Lex. I'm like, oh, Mercy! Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 Beetle's coming to get some water. <laughs> and uh, let's see. We had... But yeah, he had a glowing green rock. And then Mercy was walking around with the... <laughs> this is a live show, folks. We're helping out with the... Handing out water. Anyway. Where was it? I don't know. What was it? Oh, Lex Luthor had a glowing green rock. Mercy's carrying a metal... What looked to be a metal case, but... I don't, you can only imagine what's in there. But they look serious the whole time. Uh, neither one of them smiled. No. Uh, 
Dave is taking clothes off. I'm taking my cape off. As we're standing here recording a live podcast. I'm trying to be polite. Amongst people. I'm trying to be polite. We just ran out of material. We're dead air. Dead air. Live podcast. Dead air. Wolverine's here. Wolverine's in the hizzy. Anyway. So a Deadpool. Oh, look, that's high fashion tape right there on that costume. But we are on day two. When did you get here, Billy? Uh, we got here Wednesday. We got, we got here like about a week ago, o'clock. Tuesday, right? Yeah. <laughs> we we took our time. <laughs> oh, young Justice. I'm sorry. You I are easily distracted. Are you like a ferret? <laughs> there is so much to look at just across the aisle here. I can't help it. Behind us Toys. is a wall with holes in it. Across the way is more action figures than I've seen all mint in package. There's a Wonder Woman in her Blackest Night outfit. As the Star Staff Star Staff guy. See, I'm going to fix the wall. Ready for this? Oh, look at that. Look man. at that. Now we have a sign. Now it looks like we're, we're recording just an episode of Superman in the Bronze Age. Or, well, I, because I was lazy and didn't make a flyer. I'm just saying. I'm just being honest. And we got some cool music playing. I don't know if that's picking up on the microphone. Probably not, but we have John Williams. And Dr. Fate is Dr. in the Dr. Fate Disney. just walked in. Oh, and Black Canary. And Black Canary. Oh, that's so cool. Look at that helm of fate. I got a fist bump, Dr. Fate. We will. He actually did it. Yeah. We are going to occasionally do that while we're just stopped in the middle and start talking to the to the cosplayers because that is so cool. Well, when you get a chance to fist bump Doctor Fate, you take it. Uh, I missed it. Oh yeah, you failed. Well, he's right there. Chase after him, Billy. Hit him. <laughs> yeah, Billy, hit him in the back, man. <laughs> don't hit him. Don't hit him. No, I don't want to be sent to some other dimension. No. <laughs> well, Billy was. Billy. Billy's in Dimension X now. <laughs> Turns out you don't want to slap Dr. Fate. Oh, and I got a picture with uh, Wildfire and, and Dawnstar. I think From I saw Dawnstar with the, the yellow costume. And yeah, the and the yeah. wings move. Yeah. Oh, that was cool. Wildfire, that was, that's my favorite Legionnaire, so. I got, I got a picture with Supergirl, the Bronze Age Supergirl. Yeah. And I got Superman from the new movie. Not the actual actor, but guy in the costume. And man, is that a nice costume? And the Superman from that like, Grant Morrison created, the uh, one that's also the president. Uh, like Obama. U fifty two. The president yes, yes, Obama, yes, yes. Superman. Yeah. I did. I think I did see him from Earth. I can't remember the number. He is. He he was here too. So I got a picture of both of them at the same time. I did not feel any more skinny than I ever felt. Yeah. Right there. I feel I've never felt more squat, you know. I was taller than one of them. But each one of them have muscles on their forearms bigger than my head. Muscles on top of muscles. And have we mentioned that we are doing the show under the watchful eye of Vigo? Storage of Carpathia out there in the back of the room. A huge Vigo is high hanging. Do not you have to look past Dr. Fate. Yeah. I, I had you were like I actually got stuck at it for like five minutes yesterday. And then you're possessed. It was That's pretty awkward. crazy. Having fun yet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, did you ditch your family again? No, my wife is grabbing a bite to eat, and she's going to take my sister to the, uh, in front of the courthouse, they're having a color a cape thing, and then they're going to have a super dog show in a small little tent behind oh. the bank. 
forget cool. this podcasting thing. Yeah. Well, we're gonna go. We're gonna wrap this up now. We got a dog show to attend. But thank you all for. Li- no, I'm just kidding. Stop. <laughs> we'll actually go to a promo. Oh, that's actually a good spot. Yeah. Hey, Michael. Hey, Dad. We need to record another new trailer. Another one? Yes. You know that we read comics and then talk about comics because, as we've established, talking about comics you've not read is just dumb. Yeah, and you make me do it every Thursday. Well, we've moved. Have we? Yes, we have outgrown our old location. I don't feel like I've moved. And we have now moved to twotruefreaks.com. What was that again? Twotruefreaks.com. A-Kids Comics, still every Thursday at twotruefreaks.com. And so, for our special crossover episode, this will be part one on uh, Superman Forever Radio episode 74. Part two will be next week on Superman in the Bronze Age, which may be 76.5 or whatever. 76 and a half, yes. That is 0.5. Yeah. I'm no math major, but those are... But for our crossover episode, we wanted something in the Bronze Age, so we went with an all-new collector's edition C-54. Superman versus Wonder Woman. This which is sounds a, even more epic with the Star Wars music yes, in the background. Which probably isn't picking up, but I can pipe it in. Um, <laughs> Superman awesome. versus Wonder Woman. This 72-page monster is cover dated January 1978, but it was actually released on October 13th of 1977, which is six days before I was born. That same year? Yeah. I was, I'll tell my age. Should I say how that's before? I'm 35. I'm, I'm the same age as a Superman celebration. It was meant to be. Read the oh, signs. Okay. Read the signs. A couple years before me. Yeah, that was a that was a finishing up my sophomore year of high school. Boom. <laughs> we are so sorry, Billy. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. No, we you're being we, all judgmental. He's the guest. We shouldn't that. be all like. <laughs> you're old. This bad boy was written by Jerry Conway, penciled by Jose Garcia Lopez. Praise, praise be his name. name. Inked by Dan Adkins, lettered by Gaspar Saladino, colored by Jerry Serpy, and edited by Mr. Joe Orlando. It's Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Praise, praise be his name. name. It's on his birth certificate. It's praise be his name, okay? Yeah. <laughs> the front cover here, which I will flip open or flip close, Superman and Wonder Woman are rushing at each other with Uncle Sam doing his pointing thing in the background. We want you. Well, that's on the back. It's the battle you never thought you'd see. I remember seeing this cover in a lot of old ads for comic books. I didn't. I came across. I've not seen this anywhere but the old flea market where I happen to happen on stumble onto it. The book, you mean? The book itself, yeah, and the cover on the book. This is the only copy I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a really good image. I've seen the image. It's full of anger, which is <laughs> it's a but it's against type for the characters, so that really works. So, a, you've got characters that you never thought you'd see battle, as it says right there. Um, it gets my attention because Wonder Woman looks ticked. And these are predominant stoic heroes. Well, I, I, I jump, it, it's a few notches beyond ticked, but I'm trying to be. You can't really say that in a family friendly yeah. show. We're in public, sir. Well, that too, yeah. Have you seen the cover before? No, I've never seen this one at all. It's actually, I mean, it's Jose Garcia Lopez. Crazy his name. You can't complain. I mean, it's the art in this is phenomenal, but I do see after reading this why he wasn't really a, a great monthly artist. Because of the level of detail he puts in. I mean, look at the snarl on Wonder Woman's face. It looks like she's about to tear him in half. And she's coming out claws first. Claws first. Well, let's. that brings me to the back cover, though. And the back cover, which is slightly more epic, 
they're they're ta- she's tackling Superman. Wonder Woman is tackling Superman into a building. Into a building. In the background is a House of Congress, and there's another. Some call that the Capitol building. I don't. Um, but, but the House of Congress sounds really cool. Yeah, exactly. It sounds very British. But we have not a poster of Uncle Sam telling us he wants us to stop the war between Wonder Woman and Superman, which is not a war I would get in the middle of. No. <laughs> uh, also, Superman does have Wonder Woman in a headlock. Yeah, but Wonder Woman's also something you don't his see. face. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. That is visceral. He kind of looks like he's losing on there. Uh, kind of. But not like Superman's not really one to hit a woman. That's a good point. He does mention that several times in the book. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's an awkward fight, but... Let's go in. Um, I just want to pre-note this. There's a concept called the multiverse, for those that don't know. So really? with this, we get a story on Earth 2. It's never officially noted as Earth 2. And in fact, Superman doesn't have the Earth 2 symbol. So I That's have to for make... business reasons. Is it really? Yes. There was an interview. And I don't quote me. I don't remember exactly where. There was an interview with Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. I Brings think Albert name. Einstein just walked into the room. Nope, that's Doc Brown. That's Doc Brown. Doc Brown just walked into the room. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, where were? Uh, yes, and he said that um, he was he was specifically told to use the regular Superman S because this was a special, and they thought it would confuse everyone if they used the Earth Two Superman S. Fair enough. I, I probably would throw me off. So that's why he's got his his. But it is technically Normal Earth Superman 2, is. correct? Because it, it wouldn't Earth confuse two. anybody yes. to, to open up a special... Oh, well, yeah, you shouldn't normally see a young sure. Superman. You wouldn't normally see a young Superman and a young Wonder Woman fighting no, in World War II without some kind of a time so, travel thing. I think I would be more confused with this, but... Anyway, we are getting a World War II, sir. <clears throat> World War II, I don't know, was that Shrek? What was I don't that? think so. It was like a Franken-Shrek or something. Franken-Shrek. Um, I'm trying to tell if that ponytail is his actual hair or part of the mask. Well, as, as Charlie mentioned, it is set in Earth 2, which means we're going with the normal t- uh, time frame that Superman started from, 1938, and went forward. Earth 2. And this actually has specific dates it's set on. It takes place from June 10th, 1942 to June 12th, 1942. Oh, ironic. I see what you did there. It's right about the time we were... Well, not the uh, year, it's a few but days the, before. Well, yeah, but by the time it comes out... <coughs> bless you. <coughs> bless you. Uh, I just blessed you twice on air. Awesome. And even threw holy water on me. I'm so it's, kind. it's split up into six reports, or six chapters, if you really want to be honest about it. The first one is simply Superman. And we open with Japanese planes attacking an aircraft carrier near the island of Midway. Superman is arriving as we open the page, and we enter with just an action-already-in-motion shot. Now, discovering the planes are controlled by computers, Superman is free to smack them around without any worry of harming anyone, so he does, with relish. Like a hot dog. Using his telescopic vision, Superman spots a Japanese sub, which he bashes his way into to force the sub to the surface. Superman hands the Japanese sailors over to the captain of the aircraft carrier and says that he needs to see Admiral Nimitz, because the Japanese sub's crew have made Superman aware of something very important. On the island itself, Lois Lane is on assignment and complaining to Admiral Nimitz because Clark Kent ditched her. Lois gets a bit quieter as Superman arrives and tells her, the Admiral that the Japanese confessed that the entire attack, attack pardon me, was a diversion to allow an agent to slip into Mexico to sabotage something called the Manhattan Project. The Admiral gets very coy and slips away to call Washington, D.C., and returns a little bit later, letting Superman explain to Lois that Clark got on a plane for home. 
and Admiral Nimitz tells Superman to report immediately to the War Department, and the Man of Steel flies to the nation's capital, landing directly on the steps of the War Department, where he meets the Secretary of War. And that wraps the first chapter, and that moved fast. Especially when you read it that quickly. Is that talking too fast? No. I'm on, do you know how many Red Bulls I'm on so far? Um, two I'm, from what I've seen. I'm a showman, Charlie. I don't, I don't I'm a showman. know if you, had any, if you got any more on the way back. Do you want to start with the, the very first page, which is kind of an overview? This is a handy page. First of all, we have a wired photo from the Chicago Tribune showing Superman battling Wonder Woman, which does not appear anywhere else in the issue. Not the battle, but the picture. That particular picture? Yes. But it's made to look like actual reports from the uh, War Department. And it's even got notes from Jerry Conway, the scripter, Garcia Lopez, his name, Bruce artist, and Dan Atkins, the inker, and Joe Orlando, the inker, or inker, yes, because he inked it. Editor. Editor. And it looks really cool, I think. What do you think? I like that picture. I, I, that, that pose would have made a really good cover. Yes. And I think I've seen that elsewhere, maybe used in promotions. I'm not sure. That Yeah, that's actually used in some of the promo artwork. Okay. The artwork you get, if you look at the promos, is basically that and that. Okay. You... You listening at home can't tell what I'm pointing at. The <laughs> cover and the image on this page. You'll also notice that on the inside front cover, they basically got the cover, the issue, the image from the cover, except they took out the uh, Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam image. Why is Uncle Sam there? <laughs> well, it's World War II. What's going to tell you World War II more than the Uncle Sam image? Sure. Well, plus I think when you look at the back cover, you see the poster, so it makes it seem like maybe it, it is was there. The poster. Oh, okay. They were running the at each other. Behind oh, this is that's so that's the pre-action. This is the the result. Yes, I can see that. I can see that. Sometimes, sometimes it just takes more mature eye to understand what's going on. You're welcome. Well, you're on a roll today, Charlie. <laughs> I, I use the word mature. <laughs> ah. All right. Well, now we're looking at page two and three, and let me tell you. Comics and IMAX. This is an amazing image. And this is the first time, because you, you have it in reprint. I have it in reprint. So this is the first time you've seen it in the full scale. Yes. I have it basically in, like, a letterbox format, formatted yeah. <laughs> for your television. Yes, there you go. This is IMAX. Network television yes. version. Yes. It's gorgeous. I want, to, I want to note that Superman's coming in from the left side of the splash. And that will become yes, slightly bottom left. And he's flying at airplanes that are at the top right. And he's winning. Yep. Well, this, this image is... The only thing limiting this image is the coloring techniques of the time. Because look at the aircraft here. There's not a lot of, of texture to that. But that's not because of the pencils or the inks. Yeah, I've seen some images of... In color of aircraft carriers from the World War II, because mm-hmm. I call it the World War II. The World War II, and they usually, in fact, were not yellow. <laughs> Why would they? And green. So, well, this was before they had digital inking. We had four colors. Oh yeah, I know. A mixture thereof. Yeah, I, I, I like to point that out because you know it's just kind of funny to see what they used for some things. True. Now, of course, you like, do coloring on on a comic that Billy draws called Slipstream. Yes, I do. And I try not to... Well, we haven't had too many aircraft carriers yet. Not yet. No. Give it time. I, I, See what Jeffrey cooks up. I <laughs> don't think I'll be using yellow. Then again, depending on what yellow. Billy draws around it, I might have to keep that in mind. <laughs> I will. <laughs> there might be a spaceship, though, coming up. Oh. Boys Space. and girls, it may be yellow. Um, with that image, though, you can almost hear the propellers. I mean, it's so vivid. 
Oh, yeah. It amazes me. Well, look at the island itself. That's what always catches my attention more. You can see people on the island down below. You've got these gas oh, tanks. Yeah. I mean, it looks There's even huge. some con a crane yep. and a dock, and I'm guessing those are guns. I can't point to it because I'm holding the issue with yes. two hands. Yeah, anti-aircraft guns. So there fun. you go. And some palm trees. Yeah, there's some... It, it, it's probably not um, George Perez level detail, but... What is? Exactly. <laughs> Outside of him and Phil Jimenez, I don't know how much more detail you could get. Perez is like the Morgan Freeman of the comic book world. <laughs> you know, Norman, Nor Morgan Freeman, Mormon Freeman, wow. Morgan Freeman narrated his own birth. One day, Perez drew his. <laughs> one day, Morgan Freeman was born. <laughs> and so was the spoken word. Anyway. What, what did you think of the, the pacing where we just dropped right in? Superman's already... Yeah, that's pretty awesome. You don't know what's going on. It's just boom. And literally, first page, there's an explosion. Boom! What always gets me is the technology they had back then, though. Because they had the machine guns timed to shoot in between the propellers. See, I had a note on that. Is that actual science? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Because I didn't know, I don't know much about science of the time. And now, now, these planes also had, it looks like, bullets coming off the wings. Unless they're bouncing the off. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that was, uh, they were doing that in World War One, shooting through the propellers. That's yeah. crazy! Yep. And I don't know how you would do that, but props to those guys that could no do that. No pun intended. Oh, because <laughs> you have prop plane. Yeah. You know, I just noticed all the extra planes back here. You can't see this, folks. To find extra planes. <laughs> on the on the horizon is another aircraft carrier, colored gray, which is more in keeping with the traditional colors of an aircraft carrier. And you can actually see planes taking off and heading towards Superman. So it's really, it's an amazing arc. Or artwork image. image. What, would you expect anything less from Jose Garcia Lopez? Praise be his name? Luis, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, why do you keep skipping his middle name? Because I don't always see it. It's, it's always Jose Garcia Lopez. He does, it, it, he alternates. I have to say the whole name, otherwise it just doesn't feel right. You're evoking the holy name. Of <laughs> That's what I do, man. It's four and five. Wait, did you have anything else you wanted to say? No. Really? Okay. We're just kind of going with it. I'm watching. He's, he's been good at signaling. <laughs> but see, look at that. Right through the propellers. And the propellers keep going. It doesn't... See, if I did that, somehow the propellers would get all busted up while I'm shooting, and then I'd... You know, so it'd be like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, yeah. Remind I'd fly till I took a shot. Remind me, an ultra woman's getting... Do you need help? No. Okay. She's super powered. Well, she's super lowest. I was just trying to be polite. Oh, okay. She's a nice lady. Yes, she is. I like the they are out of water now. Yes. Unless they have another stockpile somewhere. Probably. I like the robot plane design. Because <laughs> it does look retro, but they it doesn't look like the... It's not extremely stylized like you would see in steampunk type things. No. They didn't feel the need to go, hey, look at us. We're ahead of our time. I'm so clever. And it doesn't have that, uh, what you want to call it, retro... No, it is retro. It looks It looks like it fits the time frame. It's not like, uh, oh, what's the word? There's a dude's... I don't know who all these military guys are. No. I think they're military guys. That's a weird eye patch I know is uh, Nick Fury. Nick Fury, yeah. Well, actually, with a cigar, he usually has a cigar, right? Yeah. Maybe that was Nick Fury. I don't know. That's what Billy just said. Uh, Way to oh, knock that one out of the park. I know. Well, he, I'm talking about this robot. Robot plane. It's a robot. I want it's to point that out. It's not the Art Deco kind of thing. 
Because everybody loves Superman fighting robots. It's not Art Deco. It's actual, like, realistic. Yeah, it feels style, like real machinery. Style. Yeah. There's gaskets. It's not pretty. It's not something where you're like, oh, that looks amazing. But it looks appropriate. And that's a cutaway. I didn't realize that. That's a cutaway of Superman's X-ray vision. Yeah, that's X-ray vision. And look, if oh, you notice, it's, it's it angles actually from, angles right to it. Yeah, oh, from, across, from the bottom of page four up to the top of page five. That's great. But as I mentioned, he's fighting robots. Everybody loves him fighting robots. These count. And uh, something you don't normally see because usually there's pilots. But Superman literally flies through the airplanes to blast them. Ain't nothing going to stop him now. Oh, no. Believe it or not. I'm walking on air. I knew that was coming. Because <laughs> you set it up. Specifically, yeah. Okay, well, that's... You got any more notes there? Not on that one. Uh, pages right. six and seven. Did you have anything else to add? Uh, it's like on the bottom of page five. It's cool. He's like throwing one plane into the another yes. one. Well, like, he's, he's not even looking. <laughs> he's throwing the planes at each other, and he's looking in the water at something else. They do he's that in the NBA. Super multitasking. Yes. Yeah. Who's got a super brain? He can do that. Yes. Yes. Superman. Boop, boop, he do. Superman. Ba -da 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 -da. Super. All right, anyway. anyway, pages six and seven. See, here's where you realize that even, even with the modern day costume, you are dealing with the rough and tumble golden age Superman. Oh, yeah. He smashes into a sub. <laughs> <laughs> That's underwater. Yeah. Completely. It's a that good, doesn't happen too much. But it, it, it's, it's good because not only is he rough and tumble, but it's a good way to have him be in this and, but not be an actual weapon of war. He just happened to be in the scene. Yeah. He's like, while I'm here, I'll smash up your sub. Superman's not a good house guest. Not the Earth 2 one, no. Yeah. I do have to say, though, on page 7, Lois, I like the look of Lois here. I'm With the long hair like that, yeah, the 40s style. It's really cool. And, and this this is an odd comparison. It reminds me of New Frontier. Yeah. And the way he threw it back, but this it's less. I mean, it's less stylized, more. It's a little, and it's a little older. Yeah. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Actually, this whole thing is kind of like that. Now that you mention it, it's yeah. a little older, but it's like having the modern characters set in a. Yeah, it's. Yeah. It's its the, own the, entity. The, to the some difference extent. is is that they're not trying to contain all of the DC universe in one. No. Story. But still, yeah, Lois looks beautiful. Uh, Admiral Chester Nimitz, that's a real person. He was chief I of the was... Pacific Fleet. Why he was promoted. Huh? Keep going. He's right there. He was promoted after Pearl Harbor. This likeness is pretty staggering. Awesome. And for those that may not know, ask. for whatever reason, Manhattan Project is where they were developing atomic bombs. Yes, yes, to blow up Japan. Well, not specifically, but that was the point. Uh, just to blow anyway. stuff up. Any notes? Yeah. <laughs> I asked him notes. He didn't know he was he was recording with us until about two minutes ago. So he even kind of looks a little bit like Henry Fonda played uh, Admiral Limits in the movie Midway from yes. the seventies. I'd forgotten about. Oh, I wonder if they. I bet you he did that on purpose a little bit. Probably. Yeah. Kind of a combo of the two. He does a very good job of making sure other than that one shot, everything else is kind of far away or shadow, so you don't have to keep trying to draw the likeness the whole time. Except there. Yeah, and there. That's yeah. on pages 8 and 9. Man, the backgrounds still get to me. Yeah, so much stuff going on here. He would have been really good... Uh, Garcia Lopez, for his name, would have been really good at a war comic. 
too. Yeah, I, I can believe. see that. I can really see that. I kind of want to see a Jose Garcia Lopez praise be his name war comic. Oh, praise, praise, praise be his name. Like ten minutes later. And I said it like three times. Yeah. Because I had a, oh, there's a little baby in a Superman cup, little outfit. That's parenting oh. done right. Look at that. He's even got the curl in his hair. Yes, he awesome. does. Awesome. <laughs> we have we're going to keep doing that, folks, so I hope you don't mind. Because it doesn't really matter if you do. How would you like to be the guards here? Uh, no. When, when you have Superman coming at you and all you have is a gun? Stop, Superman. I have a mag light. I've got freeze breath, dude. <laughs> we'll go right on in. At that point, you just become a hound. You know, let him in. Um, Secretary of War is Harry Stimson. I was going to ask. That's probably pretty close to what he actually looked like, Not right? really. I didn't think so. I was just kidding. <laughs> no, he, this, is, this was like his second run at being the Secretary of War. He had actually retired. Because he was appointed by Taft in 1911 and then like, retired. And after everything, he was asked to come back for the war. Well, it turns out he's pretty good with them. Yeah. Yeah, that I didn't know. I did. Uh, it's the things you learn when doing podcasts. Yeah. It's the amazing thing about Google. <laughs> or did Thank you, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah. Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't have well, any history. Sometimes books. you think we, re- we rehearse this. We have no clue what we're saying. No. All right, and that brings us to chapter report uh, overall, number yeah. uh, No. I just have a few things to say about it overall. Um, we started with the action, and then we entered into the story of intrigue. Yes. You know, and I, it, it does kind of continue, but we're, we're interweaving the real history mm-hmm. with larger than life with this larger than life character. I, I, that is something that makes this successful. We're, at the end of the first chapter, you're hooked. Yes, and Lois has the. Um, I can't think of a good word to use that is not. Um, it's a word that starts with a B, but I can't really say it in public. Okay. Wow. But she's a peach. Yeah, she's she's a peach. We'll go with that. She's a real <laughs> peach, which actually fits with a lot of the comics and the radio show from the '40s. Yeah, true. So it actually fits really good with her character. I thought my I thought my synopsis for next chapter two. Are we ready to jump into chapter two? I think so. Are you ready yeah. to jump? To- yep. So chap- this Billy's is- jumping, folks. It's awesome. You should see this. <laughs> Report two: Wonder Woman, which is the next chapter. <laughs> Simultaneous with Superman's battle with the Japanese planes, Wonder Woman comes on a scene outside the White House, where several goons with swastikas, I wonder what organization they belong to, are rushing two men as they get out of a car. Oh, I have a joke, but I can't say it. Let's not say that one. We'll say it later. Sweeping down from her invisible jet, Wonder Woman starts to fight the Nazi troopers, but she finds out they are human bombs, which poses a big danger to the people she's rescuing. So she throws a car at them so they explode from a distance. And Wonder Woman doesn't hang around long because she spots a mysterious black sedan leaving the scene and she tracks the car to get some answers about what just happened. Using as much stealth as a woman with... Well, a primary colored bathing suit and invisible plane can muster. In the 40s. In the 40s. So it's not an invisible jet. It's an invisible plane. It I was pointing out the fact that she's walking around in a bathing suit in the 40s. Back then, bathing suits oh, okay. covered a lot more for women than Wonder Woman's costume. Anyway, bathing suit or not, she Moving trails along. them all the way to the Washington airport. After blowing up a meeting with Steve Trevor, Wonder Woman tracks the occupants of the sedan to Grand Central Station where she momentarily changes into her secret identity of Diana Prince to blend in. But she is back in Wonder Woman mode when she sees a scuffle on one of the train platforms where a group of bad guys are roughing up an old man. 
Wonder Woman delivers a severe beatdown to these well-dressed thugs, and when all of them are seeing stars or the inside of their eyelids, the man introduces himself as Albert Einstein, who was supposed he's real, to... real, right? Yes, he's real, and he was supposed to be under the FBI protection, which is a, flat, a fat lot of good that did him. But Wonder Woman leaves and reports to her civilian life as Diana Prince, and later she's telling Steve Trevor about the incident, but Trevor says the FBI are denying it completely. A bit miffed, Diana goes digging and finds the file of the FBI agent who she saved from the human bombs, Agent J.B. Michelson, which autocorrect put as Job, or Job. Within the file, it shows that Michelson was assigned to the Manhattan Project. And Diana realizes that something big is going on. For the good of humanity, she must find out what it is. And so closes Chapter 2. Woo, busy times. I didn't mess you up asking about Albert Einstein, did I? Yes. Thank you. Sorry. Well, no, that's cool. I like, I I like being thrown under the bus. Toes. Well played, sir. The uh, Nazi costumes. <clears throat> Very stylish. In that not at all not kind at of all way. Kind of way yeah. They have suspenders on. Nothing says Nazi to me like suspenders. And, and the pink symbol on the shirt. It's purple. It's purple. No, the pants are purple. That's pink. I believe the actual term is magenta. Magenta. Light red, if you will. Yeah, pink, basically. Burnt salmon. No, that's magenta. Okay. <laughs> and uh, But, you know, the guy they're after is also wearing a purple suit, so they would have all blended together very well. True. <laughs> this of purple, like Bruce Banner, would blend in perfectly. This, this he's is, over there in the bushes. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he's green. Yeah. This is an amazing, a beautiful art of Wonder Woman. Yeah, except for the mist color. Yeah, one but, of the wings on the bird symbol, which we are back to the bird symbol instead of the stylized W's. Yeah, uh, one of the wings, that. which should cover her, her chest area, is colored red instead of yellow. That's not the worst miscolor in the book, though. No, there's... Yeah, there's worse. Yeah, there's... But, um, <laughs> it doesn't detract too much, though. No. It looks Unless good. And notice she's coming in from the right. She is the yeah. opposite ah, of Superman. I hadn't noticed... Oh, and the White House is in the background. It looks yes. nice, too. See? Now, can I just say bless George Perez for instilling flight into her power set post-crisis because... Thank you, George. Yes. Um, I, as much as I like the invisible jet or the plane here, as, as, as groovy as it can be, it's the most worthless accessory ever when you put any thought to it. Yeah, and I... You don't see me. I you don't see me. I wouldn't think it'd be that easy to get around even if you're hanging on the rope or lasso. True. <laughs> I mean, it's just imagine easy getting to just caught in the propeller. I know. And then you know, know. if you can't the find a safe, more than her, if you can't find a safe place to land, I mean, she's got to run for a while. <laughs> if Wonder you ever Woman. watch the, Lo- the the Lois Lane show, the Wonder Woman show, she did a lot of running in there. Yes. Linda Carter, I feel so sorry for her feet. <laughs> oh, don't worry about her feet. I mean, never mind. That sounded horrible. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a sign of. Kenny Richardson, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I feel sorry for that Nazi. Because the one that just blew up? Uh, less for him. Well, yeah, before he blew up. Because Wonder Woman, like, rams him in the stomach area. Yeah, I was going to say, it kind of looks... A little, okay, let's just say what it is. It looks like her, her head is, is, is in his crotch. A little Forcibly, not in a good stomach, way. Yeah, yeah that's, below that's the belt. He's, he's, she's hitting below the belt there Ow! with her head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway... I don't know what you are talking about. Christmas, you know. I know what Christmas la, 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 is. La, la, la. Get back to the back book. to the forties. So the guy blows up. Real good. 
But you see his hand. Chaboom. It's chaboom. And you know he's dead because you can see his hand on the next page and it's not moving. And something smoldering that I assume yes. to be him. Yeah. Nothing then, smells worse than like smoldering Nazi. How do you know? Moving right along, I don't want to talk about that. There's a case still pending. Moving right along, we get Lo- Lois. Why do I keep saying Lois? Because you get your brunettes confused. Yeah, especially with the blue hair. Is this your wife brunette? Brown. Okay, that's this a brunette. Is kind of a black. Brown is brunette. Okay, yeah. Okay. I don't call her Lois though, because I know she's not Lois. Right. Anyway, so I almost did it again. Dang it! Just. <laughs> Get it together. Uh, Wonder Woman picks up a car and throws it at these Nazis that suddenly go from looking like normal people to kind of alien zombie guys with weird eyes. Don't all Nazis look like alien zombie guys with well, weird eyes? Compare they look, them. They look there. Yeah, they look thuggish there. To, Here they look very. They look like they're. Yeah. That one looks like he's like a sand, one sandwich away from looking like a like a skeleton. But she throws the car at them and they blow up pretty good. They blow up real good. Boom, chaboom. This is some of the best explosion sound effects ever. And if you have anything you'd like to add, Billy, just kind of pipe up because we're just moving right along and we've skipped you. I apologize. That's okay. Keep it right along. Page 14. I think I have a note here. You might. Not used to a Wonder Woman who can't fly. Because she has to yeah. lasso the thing. We just talked about that. Well, so see, I haven't read a very strong cross-section of Wonder Woman tales, and I'm starting to realize that. Well, see, this is like... Wonder I, Woman! I believe in the whole history of this show, of my show, this is the first one, story that had Wonder Woman in it in which she actually had her regular powers. Yeah, if you're talking Bronze Age, she was yeah, in her kimono. So this is interesting just to see her in powers at all. Kimono... Kimono, jumpsuit. It was a jumpsuit, but kimono, you can't walk around with it. Have you seen them? They're like coats. No, I don't know women's clothing that well because I don't wear it. <laughs> Do you? You seem to be an expert. I've seen it on television. Okay. <laughs> if it's on television, I, I understand. Now, see, I thought this scene where she's talking in the phone booth and the guy notices her walking off would actually come back to play later. No, he's just checking but her out. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's a woman in a small bathing suit in the 40s. And if you're a that guy was... in the Army, you kind of notice things like yeah. that. Yeah, you do, yes. And you're yeah. Especially back then, you're all, it's all men. If you could throw Wonder Woman on a USO tour, man, it would go gangbusters. Oh, yeah. I don't care what era, actually. I'll, I'll even say that in current times. So next up, we, we go from... Washington Airport, which, by the way, is now known as Reagan National. This, actually, it has another name now, but when I was a kid, it was Reagan National. Is it not Reagan National still? Oh, no, it used to just be National. Now it's Reagan International. Ronald Reagan National Airport. Okay. Named after our pre- one of the presidents. Nuh-uh. Yep, Jim Reagan. <laughs> Jim Reagan. <laughs> Jimmy Ray Reagan. And then we get a nice shot of the of Grand Central Station, complete with the fight, join the Navy, let's go sign. I love that part. That makes me think of the Rocketeer. Yeah, buy more war bonds and stamps, which makes me think of the old 40s comics. Yes. But Barry Marvel would always get you to try to buy war bonds. Superboy has just walked into the building. Oh, I'm not The clone Superboy, and is that a steampunk Flash? That is Flash from... Uh, oh, it's gone... Was it Red Sun? Uh, I don't think it's Red Sun. Oh, is it from those um, JLA, those JSA 
Say so, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, it's that Can't one. Can't think of it. Oh man, how can we? We suck at this live broadcast podcast thing. Can you Google on that thing? No, I don't have an internet connection. We're stuck. We'll look it up later. Just go. Okay. <laughs> moving Just keep right it along. Moving. We have Diana Prince walking through, and tell me that does not look exactly like Linda. Oh, it definitely does. The facial structure, most certainly. It's yeah. weird that you see it when she's in Diana Perfect. Prince mode. Oh, yeah, a lot more than when she's Wonder Woman, yeah. ironically. But, yes, very much. You know, I used to be bothered when I would see her, her mousy civil, you know, civilian identity. Now I kind of like it. Now I kind of dig the librarian look. As you got older? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean that not just in that attractive sense, but also just it fits that it would be the most opposite... I mean, very Clark Kentish, but she is a very mousy versus mild manner. Yes, it also is weird. Also on this page, that after if Wonder if watching the Linda Carter Wonder Woman TV series is your only exposure to Wonder Woman from this era, seeing her have to run behind some boxes and take and take off her clothes to reveal the Wonder Woman costume, she could have spun. Is different than the spinning with an explosion. Yeah, but it's almost middle of the road. Yeah, but the question now is, where did where did she put her her? She's running by a luggage rifle uniform, so it's on its way to Cleveland. By the time this is all said and done, California. Oh, touche. That side's down. I think. Yeah, that's what it says down. All right, but anyway, yeah. And then Wonder Woman, of course, saves Albert Einstein. And that looks like Albert Einstein. Did you? That Google is a Albert really Einstein good. Too? I know what Albert Einstein looks like. Yeah, but you have information on the War Department guy. What about Einstein? Well, I assumed that since Einstein was a well-known figure... Oh. Oh, I was just wondering if you got information. He, he did the theory he of relativity. Math. He wore the same suit every day, so he didn't have to waste time deciding what to wear. Which is actually somewhat of a myth. Ooh. I wish... No, I wouldn't. That's what Clark Kent did. Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner did that, actually. That's why he had the purple pants and white top. Bruce Banner actually well, Clark Kent wore the blue suit every day. That wasn't Except a purpose. For the early seventies. <laughs> I know, but and then as a kid, he wore the red sweater. True. Every day. He's got a very small closet. What do you want? Smallville's not known for their well, closet. You got to be careful because behind the closet, it's usually the hidden robots. Anyway, so Wonder Woman saves Albert Einstein, which is and, a weird cameo. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that, but it makes sense if they're talking Manhattan Project. Yeah. What did you say? And then um, Steve Trevor, in his only appearance in the whole issue, is one panel. Would you miss him? No, but... Just noting. It's still... Garcia Lopez, praise be his name, does a really awesome... Yeah, he does do a really good Steve Trevor. A really, really good Einstein. Major, major uniform. He really does a good detailed job on drawing the vintage uh, army uniform from the 40s. Yes. And then the next panel where um, Diana is pretty upset. Yeah, I wanted to mention that. That's a, I love yeah, that face. That's pretty. And the spider sense coming off of her, <laughs> which won't make sense unless you're looking at the panel. But she does have an anger radiating. She so. does have her wonder, her wonder sense tingling. Wonder sense tingling. Wonder Woman. Take a shot. <laughs> okay. Every time Dave says, starts singing Wonder Woman, take a shot. Charlie's drinking now. Yep, Billy's it's drinking. Pepsi. Yeah. We're, oh. Well, we're, we're drinking. Billy's throwing his. <laughs> Never mind, I won't say that. I almost said Billy's throwing his top around. I don't advocate alcohol use, but I'll tell you, I'll, I'll do a drinking game. Billy, we're in public. Stop throwing your top around, man. <laughs> Jeez. 
Some people. We, we got Wonder Woman doing some investigation, some groundwork. Have you Look noticed? at that. She's Batman. Well, check this out, though. This is this was a note I had. That's pretty. If you look at the, all the action sequences, they relate to the characters being in the air. Superman comes flying in. Wonder Woman is, is flying in. But when it comes to the intrigue and the plot progression, they're always on the ground in some way. Like Wonder Woman's in her, her attire and walking. Yeah. Which is, I don't know if Jerry Conway did that intentionally. I never noticed Spider-Man really having that kind of dynamic. Because that's also, where I know Jerry Conway most from and from Superman vs. Shazam. It could also have been a Lopez thing. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't rule that it out. Can, a, good a lot of it can be about just how he draws it. Considering where Conway came from, it's also completely possible they did this Marvel style. You never know. That's true. But that brings us to report number three, Baron Blitzkrieg and the Samurai. No, the Baron and the Samurai. Oh, it's just the Baron and the Samurai? Yeah. You just had to, you had to got, write I out like Blitzkrieg Miller. too many I, I, times. I, I, well, I, I had to copy and paste because I could, can't spell it. Really? Yeah, it's a pain in the butt. I can understand that. Um, in this really quick chapter, off the coast of Mexico, the mysterious, mysterious souped-up Nazi Baron Blitzkrieg awaits his partner, Sumo the Samurai, the operative that the Japanese sub at Midway was the distraction for. After an excellent full-page origin for Baron Blitzkrieg, which shows how he was a high-ranking Nazi officer who had his face scarred when a chemist threw acid at him and then went through basically the Nazi version of Captain America's program, the two villains meet. The samurai isn't one for small talk, while Captain Nazi is content to talk and chew the scenery all day, but the two go into the nearby hacienda, where the prisoner the samurai is there to interrogate is trying to escape, machine gun in hand. Baron Blitzkrieg quickly subdues the prisoner and hands him to the samurai to interrogate, and the samurai uses his Aquaman-type mental powers, complete with concentric circles, to get this guy to start spilling every secret he has, including some information about an atomic fissure reactor and locations. And Baron Blitzkrieg is psyched because now that they know about the device, they can steal it and take over the world Pinky and the Brain style. They're dinky, they're Baron and the Samurai, 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 Samurai. Anyway. (laughs) Okay, first off, I have to say, Baron Blitzkrieg looks like he's got Iron Man's mask. And the rest of the costume is the ugliest, most gaudy-looking costume. What? Yes, I have ever seen. It is yellow... Orange oh. and pink. Or magenta. But it looks awesome, dude. He looks so... Im- That's magenta, thank you. Limited by whole the colors of about the this, time. Man. Who said that? Magenta. I know it's I limited. I won't get a newspaper. Oh. <laughs> I know we're limited, but there's got to be maybe something they could have done. It's the, I think it's mostly the magenta. Maybe some blue. I don't know, but that is just... Well, all, all the good color combinations are taken up by the superheroes, so the superheroes got to use what's lots left. So basically, well, look we, at the, he's got swastikas on his boots. I, I actually like it. I think, yeah, the coloring here, not so much. No, but the design, to, you, you need sunglasses when you're looking at him. There's a reason he's wearing this dark blue coat when he's he meets like the sumo samurai. a combination of, of Red Skull, Doctor Doom, and Iron Man's mask. And Iron Man's mask. But it could be Doom's mask as well. Doom likes this. It could, but it has no nose. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Doom likes his nose. So this S. is this is actually Sumo the Samurai's first appearance. Ever? Ever. He has all of like nine appearances ever. He comes uh, back? 
at some point, yeah, in All-Star Squadron and Young All-Stars. Oh, I think we just gave a little spoiler. Farron uh, Blitzkrieg first appeared in World's Finest number 246 from 1977, so he's a brand new character here as well. No, they yes. mentioned They mention it. That's 246. Yep, but this is from It says 246. Oh. It's cover dated. This is a cover date. He was only been around for a couple of months. Oh, I thought you meant new as in he got introduced here. I apologize. No, he didn't get introduced here. He was introduced in at... If you've been listening to what I said, World's Finest number 246 from August slash September of 1977. Yep. So attention. Two brand new vill villains, which I thought was strange because this is like an A-list crossover. You look at Superman versus Shazam, they pull Black Adam and Sandman Superman. Yeah. Um, well, see, the difference here is they're, they're having to work with the Earth 2 characters. How many physical characters did Superman have to go against from the 40s? Well, this was pre-All-Star Squadron, wasn't it? Well, yeah, All-Star Squadron didn't come out till the eight, till yeah. 81, something like that. So, so at yeah. this point, yeah, Earth 2 hadn't been fully thought through. And yeah, they had, uh, there were a lot of morgues in that match. Before. Justice Society and the All-Stars, but yeah, basically they didn't have enough Ultra -humanized. powerhouse. Ah, but was he the gorilla yet, or was this would this have been still while he was a woman? You can't. Yeah, you know, that could have been awkward. Non no, a woman would have been cool because you have Wonder Woman. I would have totally. Non superpowered though. You can make stuff up, Charlie. Oh, Superman's here again. That's a cool costume. Anyway, I also wanted to point out something, but I can't remember what it is. Let me hold on. Oh, the American that they interrogate. That looks like Bruce Banner to me. The most. Uh, no, I actually had that note. It most certainly looks like Bruce Banner. And they never say his name, am I correct? They never say his name. I looked. I think that was a subtle way of slipping Bruce Banner in. I think so. Jose Garcia Lopez makes a good, crazy name. name. A great Bruce Banner. And ironically, a few years later, he would draw the Batman mm -hmm. Incredible Hulk team-up, which probably, I would imagine, has Bruce Banner in it. Yes, I would so, hope so. Well, I, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. I don't know if he actually does any transforming in that. I would he imagine does. he does. And then once again, that one had weird villains as well, because they got the Shaper of Worlds. And the Joker, which makes sense. But the Shaper of Worlds? Well, when you think Hulk, you think Shaper of Worlds. Except not at all. I don't even know who that is. Exactly. So that right, brings so us to the end of our first first, first half part. of our coverage. So oh, this wait, Billy, did you have anything else? No. Okay. Oh, you have a... It's okay. Priest corner, man. So, next chapter, to follow the rest of this story, you will jump over to Superman in the Bronze Age next Tuesday-ish. Ish. Before... <laughs> haven't figured that out yet. 76 yeah. and a half. And so that brought our live recording to a stopping point for this episode. Uh, the next half, as you heard there, will be in the next Superman in the Bronze Age, which will be out next Tuesday. I will repost that on supermanforever.com. For now, i got to get ready because this is the big week. Man of Steel hits theaters, and I've already got my tickets. So I am going to talk about that next week, as well as, uh, hopefully, as long as everything goes okay, a talk that I will be giving my local library about the history of Superman on film. Notice how synchronous that is. It's like I planned it that way. So until then, I am J. David Weeder. Uh, please visit supermanforever.com and check out the show notes. I will be posting pictures of some of the art that I did get, as well as links to a lot of the artists I did meet. So check that out. Until then, I am J. David Weeder saying, keep on fighting the never-ending battle. Superman Forever Radio is a Nat World production. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, where you can leave a review. 
The show's episodes and extended show notes are available at supermanforever.com, where episodes premiere every Sunday. Episode postings can also be found at the supermanhomepage.com and at supermanpodcastnetwork.com, where you can find a wide variety of quality Superman podcasts for your listening pleasure. And episodes are also available on Stitcher Radio. Email is always welcome. The address is mail at supermanforever.com. You can friend and follow the show at facebook.com slash supermanforeverradio. And David is also on Twitter with the handle at superdaveweeder. Weeder is spelled W-E-T-E-R. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not gain profit from the images or related properties of DC Comics or Warner Brothers Entertainment. Superman and all related characters are copyrighted properties of DC Comics and Warner Brothers Entertainment. All music and sound clips are used for entertainment purposes only and copyrights remain with the copyright holder. No infringement is intended. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. As always, thank you so much for listening.